Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of the fourth man. And it's championship week in the Big 3. We're down to one final game left in the 2021 season. So weird that the first ever inaugural championship featured the same two teams that it does now. So in four seasons, we've had three-headed monsters in trilogy not only play in two championships, but playing each other in two championships. They've been in 50% of the championships. Exactly. So Dominance. we're going to get into all that. We're going to recap the first round, kind of a shocking first round of the playoffs, and kind of just give you a preview of what to expect in the championship game. But first and foremost, my dude, my guy, my ombre, my amigo, Will, what's good? How's it been? Hola. It's been, it's been, you know, it's, it's been crazy busy, you know, as you can expect, you know, but this is it, man. It's crazy that we're finally coming down to the last games of the season. You know, I, it's just, it's always like a weird time of year, right? Because like, you know, at least where I am, everybody's going back to school tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I got a lot of buddies that are back at college. Uh, You know, the, the, you know, the weather still isn't fall weather yet, but it is starting to cool off a little, at least, you know, where I am. So, but we got one more big three game left, one sort of, you know, bow out for summer. And then it's on to, you know, football season and college football season and everything changes. We enter the off season we enter another speculation season, but yeah, I'm just so happy that we had this full season and, you know, it's been, it's been a great season. It's been the best season in league history by far. And I think this was probably the best playoffs in no league doubt. history, you know, I mean, barring the championship game, but I feel like, you know, the playoffs hasn't been this like crazy, you know, thing in the big three really ever. Uh, it's always just kind of been, you know, the best teams. It's kind of like, this is no offense to like college women's hoops, but the tournament always kind of went as expected, you know, like right. it's always like the top one seeds are always right. in there. You know, you never really get that March madness type of underdog and, you know, this weekend with two upsets, it, you know, I, I know everyone was kind of clamoring, like, you know, run it back. We got to make this a best of three series. Mm. And when people when people are asking for more, that's how you know that. you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when people are like, I got to see this like again, you know, run that back. So it was just really cool to see from that perspective. And, you know, I think this is a really cool matchup in the championship. I'm so excited that it's these two teams, you know it's kind of crazy. They took wildly separate paths to get here. You talk about from 2017 to now, I mean, trilogy rebuilt itself like twice. It seemed like yeah. every year they were rebuilding themselves and they had, you know, I think it's safe to say they had the best off season. Right. I mean, we haven't really gotten to that. That's kind of more, you know, post championship talk, but yeah, I think trilogy had the best off season, you know, Jared Jack, we'll get into it had, you know, the greatest individual performance of big three history in the biggest moment subtly yeah and then and then three-headed monsters have been what they've always been and they're finally you know the cards finally i feel like fell right for them and they took advantage of their opportunity kevin murphy's a beast we talked about i said kevin murphy's the wild card you did say that delivered and he was an ace of spades no doubt 
All right, let's get it. We're going to get into all of that. Before we do that, as always, if you want to find the sh- uh, show on social media at Fourth Man Pod at Big Three News at A underscore Siggy is my personal. If you want to watch the show, youtube.com slash Fourth Man Pod. And if you are listening to this on Saturday on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, we appreciate you guys each and every week. This is the time to listen to it because you can get a little bit of a championship preview before you turn on CBS to watch the game or Paramount Plus. I'm a Paramount Plus guy, so mm. that's the route I take. But Nice. Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, two awesome games. Let me start here, Will. It is the final game, and we put so much effort into our speculation and making sure people were updated through that long, long period of, of no big three news and no pun intended, no big three news and just no games. And now we're like, we just had the, we're about to cap off the greatest big three season ever. And it feels like it just went like that. Oh, it went by so quick. So I mean, let me ask you how yeah. you're feeling from an emotional standpoint. Are you a little sad? Are you satisfied i mean where where is your head at right now you know it's funny i really and it's not necessarily a good thing but i really don't like operate that way you know what i mean Ooh, I like, like this is gonna be like kevin durant said gonna, like you don't you don't look for happiness you're just looking for peace you know? i ooh, I, I gotta like that but i, I mean, honestly not verbatim, but you know, this is this is that. gonna be something that hits me in like three weeks mm. you know Mm-hmm. Like in the moment, like I'm still sort of, you know, I, I was really happy to see the league back. And there has been definitely moments, you know, where I kind of just was like sitting there. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I can't believe we're like mid big three season. Like I was like driving the other day and I was like, oh my, like we're mid season, you know, when was the last yeah. time you were able to say that. But yeah, this is, this is really, you know, it, it's probably a lack of emotional intelligence, but this is really something that it's going to take me probably about a month until I'm like, oh shit, like we had a, we had a season. <laughs> hey, that's, that's totally fair. I think I operate a little bit more on like a day by day basis, maybe because I work in sales during the day and it's more of an emotional roller coaster that you face. <laughs> but I definitely, I think I just like, after this game, I'm excited for the game. I think I'm going to walk away like, man, that was, that was great. That was awesome. You know, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a roller coaster where at the end of the ride, you're like, Man, I'm ready to run that back, you know, in a sense. That's, I think, that's yeah. How well, I mean, you know, we've both been putting you, especially, you know, we've been putting in the work this season. Uh, so I, I think a part of me, of maybe a minuscule part of me, is sort of happy. You know, I am, I would say, satisfied with the work, yeah, yeah. that we've put in. And we had the draft yeah, show, plenty of interviews. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. I think, I think I am in a lot of way, absolutely run it back, but I also, too, I would say I am content with, you know, stamping our name on this, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'll be more, that running back moment will definitely come maybe but without a doubt, early absolutely. 22, 2022 yeah. when it's like, all right, now guys are going to like be looking for their new co-captains and, you know, personnel changes, get ready for the draft, et cetera. So for sure, it's, it's been a great season. All right, let's get into the the two matchups. I guess we'll just go in chronological order and start with the triplets three-headed monsters game. We talked about this one. We talked about three-headed monsters being a wild card. Uh, I think I was more on the on the standpoint of I don't know about triplets. You know, they're coming into it one and two. They they're not looking like the same triplets. Joe has been struggling. And early on, it did look like that. Now, triplets ended the half strong, went into halftime with a lead and then second half hit. And it seemed like they just forgot a game was going on or three headed monsters really hit them in the mouth. 
20, 21 to two run to end the game for three headed monsters, a masterful performance all around, especially like you said, from Kevin Murphy, who just went absolutely bonkers uh, throughout the game, just like he has been all the all season at this point, he's definitely got to be rookie of the year. I feel like uh, three headed monsters ultimately ends up winning this one 51 39, the first ever win out of four, this is their fourth time playing triplets. The first time they've ever beaten triplets um, in triplets short franchise career. Uh, one and three. Kevin Murphy went off for 29 points. That's the second time he put up 29 against triplets this season. Wow. Uh, Joe was held to eight. Gennaro Pargo is really the spark plug. 20 points. Al Jefferson probably had his best game, but Joe definitely had his worst game of the season. Uh, are, are we shocked by this? I mean, like, Will, you said you said Kevin Murphy was going to be the wild card, but, you know, what were some of your takeaways from this one? You know, as as you see, three headed monsters pulled off the second ever upset and and a playoff. Yeah, I mean, I would say when the best player in the league goes out and basically, you know, has his worst performance in probably you know his tenure in the mm-hmm. league, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you're gonna be shocked. You know, I think, you know, listen, Joe really hasn't looked like Joe since they came back to Vegas. You know, since they got back from the road, they were back in Vegas those last two weeks. Um, even in that win versus Ghost Ballers, they did yeah. not look, you know, or Joe really didn't do much, but we, you know, but they won by such a wide margin. We were like, who cares? Yeah. And then he didn't look right he, against Tri-State, and he certainly didn't look right in the Bahamas. Now, you know, I, you know, it, does it happen? Yeah. You know, it happens. I mean, you know, he, did, I he think... did miss most of the first half, too. I should state that. You know, he had about three early fouls, and he had to sit for a long period. Yeah, of time, but... he, uh, you know, it's almost like a coming back down to earth type thing. Mm. You know, how 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 much can you sustain that level of dominance? And really, he, he did it for, you know, probably a good solid six weeks out of the season, you know, but – at, at the end of the day, you know, he finally came back down to earth at the right time. Pargo, like you said, Pargo was keeping it in, but keeping them in it. But you didn't really pause. get much from <laughs> pause, <laughs> pause on that. But you really didn't get anything from Moon. You didn't get really anything from Anderson. And Al Jefferson, Al Jefferson played the role, I feel like, that he's always played. They've never really looked for him for buckets. But I got to say, a lot of credit to it was Rashard Lewis. I thought Kevin yeah. Murphy was going to uh, take on the Joe Johnson matchup, but no, it was Rashard Lewis. And he, listen, he, you know, no way to put it. He locked up Joe Johnson and that does not happen very often. Yeah. Cause they, you know, coming, coming into the game, I think we thought we were going to see a lot of double teams, a lot of the guys hedging, you know, off their man a little bit. And we really didn't see that. Like you said, no. a lot of credit to Rashard for just taking on that matchup one-on-one and then also putting up a respectable 12 points, which, you know, I think we've seen bits and pieces of MVP Richard throughout the year, but I, I think this is one of his better games as well, just like both sides of the ball. And ultimately, they finally got that win. Um, I think Reggie got under Joe's skin maybe a little bit toward the end of the first half, <laughs> which worked out in their favor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but three-headed monsters. Move it on. Like I said, the second ever t- time we've seen a lower seed beat a higher seed in the playoffs, and it's good to see a three beat a two. We thought maybe that was the only time, the only upset of the day, or we thought maybe that we could see another, but we didn't expect right. the performance that we got from Trilogy uh, versus Tri-State, who also pulled off an upset on the day behind Jared Jacks. Big three single-game record, 35 points. 
creepiness. You know, look, he came into the game. He was the player coach. Stack had some personal reasons and did not attend the first game. Expect to be back next week. And Tri-State's been on a heater. They, they've truly been uh, maybe the best team coming into the playoffs. But <laughs> Jared Jack had a plan, and his plan was, hey, I'm not going to take myself out. And honestly, I, I probably won't make that many substitutions because I'll be so focused on just getting buckets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, that's what we saw. I think we saw Briscoe for a brief amount of time. Uh, James White and Amir Johnson got a couple of uh, couple of breaks there. But honestly, I think we just saw a, an outstanding performance by Jared Jack. But I think we saw everyone play their role very well. You know, James White had 13-10 and three blocks. Amir Johnson didn't contribute in the points column, but he had 11 rebounds, which I think was huge out rebound in Tri-State in general. And I think most importantly for Trilogy, they played great defense and they didn't even allow Jason Richardson to score one point in the game. So crazy. Tril- well, I mean, Richardson, I feel like he did not play the second half at all. It didn't seem like it. It was like he Earl, must have been hurt. Justin There's got to be more there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So ultimately we saw our, our we've only had one upset where a lower seed beat a higher seed in the playoffs coming into that this was, one. That was Andre that. Emmett. That was Andre Emmett, Three's company, who defeated – I don't even remember. Was it Three-Headed Monsters or – Um, It was. I remember, but they ended up playing power in the championship game that year. Yeah. I'll throw it back at that here in a second. But You know, was saw- it – it wasn't Killer Threes, was it? Hmm. Why does that sound like it would be right? Okay, I'll find it here in a second. We'll find it. We'll find it. We'll find it. We'll find it here in a second. But that being said, we saw two in this playoffs alone. 50-42 win by Trilogy over Tri-State to knock off the number one seed. (laughs) I was like, right as I was tweeting, like, Jerry Jack just needs to hit this one three and he breaks the record. He hits he's, it. <laughs> he's just like, let me just walk up and hit this in, in Dittman's face. Well, that, that clip of Jason Richardson throwing Justin Dettman back on defense. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows exactly what's about to happen is, yeah. is going to be – that might be the clip of the season. I think, yeah. it, I think it was going to be – before that, it was the Joe Johnson shot over Royce White. But I think the way that everything's played back, this is just a much more impactful moment. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but no, I agree. I mean, you know, that was one of the hottest teams coming into the league or into yeah. the Bahamas and trilogy. I don't say they were slumping, but they definitely didn't feel like the second best team like we had been crediting them all year. Sure enough, they they got it done. So we're gonna see a rematch of the 2017 finals. And Will, we were texting a little bit on Saturday, and you're like, I kind of want to see this rematch. And I do too. Wish. I mean. No, I'm saying you were texting me that. Uh, right, and I'm saying, oh, right, 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 yes, yes, yes. I mean, yes. I did too, but, like, you kind of stated that to me personally. So, I mean, how do you feel now that the matchup – you got the matchup that you were hoping for? No, how do you I feel was, about uh, the matchup in general? I'm happy because – I'm happy for multiple ways because I think this was probably the one matchup where – well, not the one matchup, but I just feel like this is just a very unique and interesting storyline, you yeah. know, because you have one team where it has really – They've stayed together, you know, Rashard Lewis, Mahmoud Adurauf, and really Gary Payton. And then, you know, besides 2017, Reggie Evans has been there every other year. Mm-hmm. So you almost feel like, you know, Rashard is the only MVP not to have a ring. You know, Reggie Evans has been playing out of his mind. Kevin Murphy, they bring in this guy that nobody knew who he was. 
you know, if you said you knew who Kevin Murphy was, either you played you're against him in Atlanta or you're a liar. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't know what to tell you. Uh, and he's been an absolute, I mean, he's one of my favorite players in the league just by the way that he plays. You know, he reminds me, he kind of reminds me of like tri-state David Hawkins in a way. Ooh. You know? I like that comparison. Just with yeah. like his scoring. Yeah, it's just like the contribution he's made to the team has been very similar to what David Hawkins did. You know, just like State. just yeah. like a straight, and I really wanted that team to win a championship, but <laughs> you know, but power won it, and you know, right, probably rightfully so that power won it that year. But yeah, you know, all that being said, so you have that side of the coin. You almost like you know, all the guys that have been around forever, you know, you want them to win. You know, they're owed. You want them to go out on top. You don't know how much longer my mood has. They deserve it, right? They deserve yeah, a shot at the championship. Another shot, definitely. Um, I think Richard Lewis made a good point. He had a quick interview on the Big Three page, and he made a good point in saying the league changes every year. You really don't know what to expect at this point. You get new rules every year, new players, new competition. So – like the urgency is high, I think, for everybody, especially for a core that's been together for a while, maybe a little bit older and probably in the best position. And like, yes. like you said, and really have a, a nice core. Like, think about this, too. Um, I don't want to think too far ahead, but think about this, too. Like, they can really stick with that core next year as well. Uh, yeah, well, they're yeah. going to have to. Yeah, I mean, they got like I'm saying, like, if they don't win that game, there's a potential chance Murphy falls back into the draft. I don't think that's going to happen. No, if, no, it can't if happen. They, no, if saying. they don't, oh, you're saying, oh, right, you're saying if they don't lose, right? Well, look at look at triplets and look at uh, look at Ooh. you know what I mean. Moon's gone. Uh, Anderson, bye. Anderson's gone. <laughs> so that's pretty know, wild. Gibson's gone. <laughs> that's wild. That's so, a lot of talent. You know, I, I just feel like that's a ton of talent in the pool. You know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what triplets do but to be honest with you the way that triplets played addressed a need that you mm. know, triplets could probably use a draft could probably use a little bit of a reshuffle yeah you know um tri-state on the other hand losing dentman losing uh earl clark oh ouch you know yeah but i i would say that you know i'm, I'm pretty confident in jay rich nate and larry sanders Oh, yeah. They're just not going to have that great course for an but, but, you know what I mean? But Earl Clark and Dentman were crucial for them. Yeah. So that's huge. That's tough, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, no, you're correct. I'm, I'm happy that in Trilogy, too, if you look at it from the other side of the coin, Trilogy mm-hmm. gets to keep Briscoe now. Uh, they're probably, you know, it, I think if, we, if we're running a six-man rotation, um, they'll probably both keep everybody, I would imagine, and then just get a draft pick. You know, get yeah. one pick as opposed to three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if they lose anybody, they're going to lose Sweetney. And then if three-headed monsters lose anyone, it's going to be uh, NJ. Yeah. Yeah. So not to look too far ahead, but definitely some interesting thoughts to think about, you know, maybe post-game. Yeah, or- there's always that added layer of consequence, especially in, like, this game. Which is kind of what I love about the league. It's like not only – did Frank, you know, Frank came into the year saying like, oh, there's a competitive edge because the league's gotten better, but also there's a big incentive to winning, you know? So not only that aspect, but like as a team, as like personnel wise, 
can really hurt you if you continue to lose. So uh, interesting, interesting. Josh about. Powell back in the mm. draft. Mm. No, Powell's a co-captain. Oh, so we're thinking C.J. Watson. Watson who has oh, a, that's huge. C.J. Watson, who he's all he knows is killer threes. We're <laughs> getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Okay. But, let's get but, back. But, let's but, get back to the championship game. But C.J. Watson is going to be a name that when he isn't picked in like the top ten, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Well, it's going to be like this year's David Hawkins. Exactly. Essentially. Let's look at like let's look at this game. We got trilogy and three headed monsters. First off, the comparison from 2017 is pretty interesting because you look at who three-headed monsters had. Yeah, they had the larger core of Richard, Mahmoud, and Gary Payton, which I don't know if you ever ended up watching or for any listener who hasn't watched my interview with Reggie Evans on Instagram, but he was actually supposed to be on that team that year. Something he like played too well at the combine and then Killer Threes are like, oh yeah, we're grabbing him. Really? Mm-hmm. So they end up grabbing Kwame. But, you know, just an interesting thought that he could also have been on that team for a long time. But regardless. I mean, the- if that's crazy. That team with Jay Will. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Because Reg- Reggie was a beast on Killer Threes. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that championship team for 3 headed Monsters and Trilogy in 2017, Rashard, Mahmoud, Gary Payton. Then they had Kwame Brown, Eddie Badston, Kareem Rush. And then on the flip side for Trilogy, it, it just looks completely different. Like, I can't believe James White is still there after all these years. But at the same time, like, he's been that good, so it does make sense. But He's like the, the Will Smith meme in, like, in like, in like <laughs> the empty living room, you know? Oh, I know. But to think about it, like, you're right. Like, they have reshuffled so many times. Like, looking back at the 2017, you forget about guys like Al Harrington, Rashad McCants, Kenya Martin. You don't forget Jason about them. Terry. You think you think they were like all those guys that were on that team beforehand. Uh, Jason Terry, David Hawkins. Like there's so many guys that have been on that team. And now you're at this point where it's like, okay, wow, like this is our core. But yeah, even that 2017 team, like, you know, Harrington, McCants, Kenny Martin, Rick Mahorn was her coach. Um, I mean, it's, Deion it's Glover. Been a, it's been a long, yeah, Deion Glover, Pargo. Pargo. And now we have this, we have these two teams that we've, pretty much broken down. They played each other week two this year in Vegas when Trilogy won 50 to 43 over three-headed monsters. It's pretty cool. I was actually there for that one. Um, and I felt That's like crazy. Was, yeah. Did you look of, at that and you're like, this is the championship matchup? No, I was looking at this more like, this looks like the emergence of Kevin Murphy, if anything. Yeah. Um, and, but I also was looking at like, this is Trilogy's easily the second best team. because yeah, they were on fire. That was Briscoe Briscoe. Had like yeah. Briscoe, Jack, uh, maybe Quintel Woods and James White all had over double digit points. And I was like, this team can easily score 50, like night in and night out. Um, and just to think, you know, even from that matchup, how much has changed? You know, this is a completely different rotation, lineups, not completely different, but just different but rotations and lineups, you know. I think Gary Payton was kind of testing his draft picks. Like, let me play them a lot and let me see what they can do. You know, Trilogy's gone to more of a four-man rotation, maybe even more of a three-man rotation. You know, what what do we think of this game? And ultimately, who do you think is going to come out on top? That's the question, right? That was That's the question that I, that I was like, don't ask me. Yeah, you said, you said to give you a week. Yeah, I think – I think I was – I was 0-2 last week. Were you – one and one 
Oh, and two. So we were combined. No, I was oh. two and oh. You, two two, you picked both upsets? Remember, I said I'm going to make it interesting. So oh, let me, let me right. pick both upsets. Wow. I mean, so I would say, you know, I, I think it's tough, dude. Like, this is the it's one It's just matchup. as tough as last week. Yeah. If it was any <laughs> other matchup, I think I would have an easier time, right? Because I can ride mm-hmm. the, oh, triplets are triplets. Or, oh, you know, Tri-State is the number one seed. <laughs> you know, but I don't have that anymore. Are you saying you're saying that... you're not putting in the effort to pick – you really think it's going to win? <laughs> no, I, I'm going to pick. I'm just saying, like, I'm not as confident as I would be. No. Have we really been just, that confident just, all year? Just so that when I'm wrong, it doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> I'm going to go with triplets. Nope, triplets aren't in. I'm going to go with trilogy. <laughs> Still thinking of last year's? Gotcha, gotcha. I'm going to go with trilogy just because I think the way that they played uh, defensively as well, and Jared Jack, listen, anybody who's going to go in and score 35 points out of 50, you know, I, I don't know how you stop that. I don't know what the defensive game plan for that is. And I would say that, you know, I, they, but three-headed monsters played a great defensive game and triplets still, you know, they're still probably a better team than Trilogy and they beat a better team, you know? So you would say this would be the easier win, quote unquote, easier win. Or did triplets, you know, defeat themselves? We don't know. There's a lot of questions. There's a, so many questions that we're not going to have answers to. But I, you know, I picked Trilogy. I'm going to stay with Trilogy just because I think the way that they've played all season has been, you know, they've just played at a very high level. And, you know, I, I think sometimes you need someone that's going to go out there and score that much. But at the same time, <laughs> this is, this is an, fun for me. I'm just looking an, at you. <laughs> they're an easier way thing to stop, just like triplets, because you said stop Joe Johnson, let somebody else beat you. All right, stop Derek Jack, let somebody else beat you. You know, but I think I think trilogy has the more capacity for that to happen. Like you said, Briscoe, James White, Amir Johnson. You know, a pretty stacked squad. They do. They have a stacked squad. I, I, I picked trilogy. I'm going to stick with trilogy, but I really this could go. I think if you ran this game a hundred times in a simulator, you get a hundred different results. I think you're right on point. And just to make you feel yourself like make yourself feel a little bit better about picking the right team, and you know maybe being O and two last week. You've been you've been killing it this year. Do you know your record? At this point no. on the regular season? Regular season. I'm sure. not counting playoffs. Regular season. 28 and 15. That's pretty good. I'm that's 22 like, and that's 21. Like, that's like a uh, – you know, that's like fifth seed in the Western Conference come, you know, January. At one point, you were like 20 and Oh, I, I, I had a terrible I mean, end of the season. You were – you had like six games where you – or like one week where you were like 6 and 0. Oh. I mean, yeah. you're on fire. <laughs> so for my pick, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna go opposite of you again. But seems this time I feel a little bit more confident uh with my three-headed monsters pick. You know, I do have a little bit of, you know, maybe this is fate. You know, they've been to the playoffs four different times. They're getting a second opportunity to bring it all home. Uh it just feels like it's got to happen at some point. Like you said, Rashard is going to be and not have a ring. Exactly. They're due. 
Uh, one interesting point that I found, because I was, I was trying to watch the first championship game just for memories and shits and giggles. But I think Mahmoud's best game ever actually came in the 2017 championship. He put up 22 really? points. And, you know, statistically, maybe someone can correct me. I haven't actually looked into it that far. But just like the way he looked, I mean, I, granted, that was four years ago. And I think 48 to 52 might be a bigger jump than maybe like a 28 to 32. But nonetheless, I think maybe he just shows up in big games. That's the way I'm looking at it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did that again. Uh, Murphy's been really good. I, I think we only saw glimpses of Reggie Evans last week. And I don't know. I think that three-headed monsters just has this chip on their shoulder and they're very, they have a lot of like a big sense of urgency. Like we got to get it done this year. This is our year. You know, this is the time things are going well. Things are going right. Four game winning streak. This is, this is the time to do it. So we go with three headed monsters getting their first ever championship and a very well-deserved championship, but would not be shocked if trilogy also, you know, came away with it because See, now I'm kind of going back and forth with myself, but Jerry Jack, this might this is his last game, right? I mean, it's kind of his swan song is what he was – I thought he was saying. How is this his last game? I thought he was saying that because he's, like, going into coaching and oh, maybe really? week seven or week eight with John Sally. I thought he was saying, like, you know, good way to end it would be in the Bahamas. Maybe I misread that, but – I, I don't know. I, I would hope to see him back. I mean, Pargo does it. Yeah, every year I could be wrong. Bosa, I mean, you know, listen. I mean, listen. You know, maybe, you know, I mean, listen. He's playing the G League. Maybe he says, "No, listen. I'm a full time coach. I'm a full time coach." You know, so I, you know, not too, not many guys are going to travel all NBA season. You know, and then be like, "All right, now I'm going to go travel for the Big Three. Very true. You know, I don't know. I I would listen. I would love to see him back though, even if he's one and done. I mean, it would suck because he's yeah one of the better players in this league. Yeah, definitely don't see a lot of guys come in here and just dominate the way he has. Uh, Ricky it only takes him a year or two. Yeah, normally it does. So three-headed monsters for me, trilogy for you. We'll see how it all stacks up. I'm a little intrigued by – I'm not going to make us make these picks again, the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, but there's four big awards left to give out to end the season. We got our Coach of the Year, Dr. J. Best trash talker was Royce White. What's your other award I'm missing here? There's one more award that I got. Too hard to guard. Too hard to guard was Joe Johnson. And we have four more awards coming up. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Fourth Man of the Year, and Rookie of the Year, which they explained as being a runoff. Um, the finalist for that, albeit Fourth Man of the Year, is the original finalist. I did not catch what they, what they showed on CBS. But the finalists for MVP, Reggie Evans, Dante Green, Joe Johnson, Jason Richardson, Defensive Player of the Year finalist, Larry Sanders, which is pretty impressive in only like four games. But him, Chris Johnson, Reggie Evans, <laughs> and then fourth man of the year, like I said, didn't catch it, but they only had four guys as finalists in the first place. C.J. Watson, Isaiah Briscoe, Alan Anderson, Justin Dittman, and then rookie of the year came down to two guys, Kevin Murphy and Jarrett Jack. So we could see – the final awards given out. We'll see a awesome championship game and really just cap off a great season. Any closing remarks before the championship? Before the championship, I think I think this is you know I, twenty. You can make a debate that twenty seventeen was the best championship that we've had. Uh, twenty eighteen 
was, you know, 2018 wasn't really much of a game. You know, you had that fight in the beginning, but that was really it. Um, entertainment purposes? Entertainment purposes, up definitely up there. You know, but, I, you know, Three's Company was hurt. Yeah, I'm not going to give the history lesson, but uh, 2019, 2019 was fun because LeBron was there. Uh, but again, I just feel like it was kind of just triplets taking care of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 2017, I feel like people don't really remember because they went 10 and 0 and they dominated, but that was a back and forth game. Three and Monsters you know, was I, up, and then Trilogy had like a 20 to four run or something. Yeah, something ridiculous. And so, you know, Cardi B was the halftime performer, hmm. ton of guys there. So I think that this, you know, in the Bahamas, I think these are two teams that, you know, I think maybe for the first time in Big Three history, you know, uh, the best player isn't in the championship, you know, uh, or I should say the MVP isn't in the championship, uh, you know, that being Joe Johnson, assuming that he wins the MVP. Um, you know, it's a lot of firsts, a ton of upsets. I think these are really, you know, it almost reminds me of like, you know, like the Super Bowl, where it's always not necessarily the, the two quote unquote best regular season teams. Yeah. You know, and that often leads just to you had just, the best stretch down the and that, that often leads to the most entertaining championships. Yeah. Very good point. So there. I I think it's I think it's gonna be a really good game. I do too. I think and I'm really excited be... for the third place game too. Yeah, we get to see a rematch of triplets in tri-state. Um see if maybe like we get to kind of see like how these teams feel after being in the Bahamas for a week and yeah. coming off a loss, not being in the championship. Might be more like an all-star game. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, I kind of think that some of these teams come out and play with a little bit of sense of pride, but at the same time, yeah, it's like well, we're in the Bahamas, Doc. Like, the triplets are probably pissed. Yeah. I'd be pissed if I was them. Yeah. Um, one final note, I did find out that it was three-headed monsters that was upset. You want to know the final score in that game that three – Three's company won and ultimately played in the championship game four. Yes. 50 to 28, Three's company. Oh, so they kicked their ass. Yeah, Andre Emmett, 25 points. Yeah, I was going to say, if I remember that game correctly, I remember being kind of close and then Andre Emmett just going nuts. (laughs) I don't even remember. I don't even remember that game too well. I I remember that game. I felt like it was maybe a blowout the whole time. but I remember because I remember it was kind of like 50-50 Baron Davis was going to play. Yeah. and then, uh, or at least um, to me, I guess maybe it wasn't made clear if Baron Davis was going to play. And then it was Andre Emmett, and it was kind of like, all right, here we go. And then, yeah, you know, Rashard Lewis also didn't play that game because he was out with the torn Achilles. That's right. That's so. right. I remember that. That's another thing too. People don't realize Rashard Lewis came back. You know what I mean? Uh, From a Birdman, Birdman retired off of that. You know, a ton of guys retire in the NBA in pro sports off of that. Rashard Lewis came back. And they do that at a younger age. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, ugh. that's the KD injury, right? Yeah. I mean, Corey yeah. McGetty had it too. Yeah. Oh, man. This is going to wow. be fun, man. There's so much to play for. These guys are playing for so much that I think that's really what I'm thinking of. That's the best way to verbalize it. These guys the are best playing part is, for so much. Yeah. So much. Um, and the championship rings are pretty dope as well. So uh, wouldn't mind having that as well, but a lot of money on the line as well. Best part about it. I just feel like we got to mention this somewhere in the show. No team is playing a fake team. No Bishop, <laughs> Bishop Sycamores out there. I'm sorry. I told you before the show, it's been on my mind. Nonstop. Oh my God, dude. But how funny ridiculous. would it be? 
if <laughs> we saw three headed monsters, but it was just like guys that weren't actually on the roster all year. Well, a, t- a team comes out, it's like, you know, it's like the cyborgs are like some shit, you know, and we're like, <laughs> this is not the team. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so funny. So as you guys probably saw, as you clicked on the episode, yes, we do interview Rashad McCants, who was a member of Trilogy when they won the championship year one and went undefeated. It was a little last minute, which is why I'm telling you this now and didn't tell you when Will and I recorded earlier in the week. We're super appreciative of him coming on the show, being flexible. He came on last minute. I asked him and was super quick to respond and hop on and talk about his Trilogy days and his expectations for the game coming up. So without further ado, let's get to our interview with Rashad McCants. Today, we're very pleased and blessed to welcome on NCAA champion, NBA vet, big three champion, author, podcaster, a man of many talents and ventures, whether it's on or off the court, Rashad McCants. Appreciate you taking the time, like I said before, and thanks for the flexibility. I know you. I know I asked you on short notice, but I uh, felt like this was the time to have you on. So appreciate you once again. No doubt, man. I appreciate you reaching out for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, time because we got the Big Three Championship coming up here on Saturday, and I felt like it was a good time to kind of like reflect uh, and pay homage a little bit to you know, some of the team from the first year and some of the guys who played initially and kind of set the foundation for what the league was and what success looked like in the league. And obviously you were a big part of that being on the trilogy team that went undefeated 10, you know, 10 of those season, one of all, you had a big part in that. Um, really want to start here. You know, what's your involvement just in terms of the big three? Like, do you still keep up with the watch it and, and where do you stand with that right now? I'll definitely still watch it, follow it. A lot of the guys that um, are thriving right now, guys that are still, you know, getting a little bit of opportunity here and there to shine are, are guys that I've grown up playing ball with, you know, follow these guys. Good friends of mine that um, always during draft, you know, the draft or first game, just giving me advice like Jerry Jack, Justin Dittman, or guys that I knew that would kill, you know, you know, as soon as I seen them at the draft, I knew they would be uh, impact players. Earl Clark, you know, um, uh, Isaiah Briscoe, you know, these are guys that are just just hoopers. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're going to be hoopers. And um, it's always just good to see everybody just thrive. And hopefully it continues to get bigger and bigger. And, you know, the platform gets, you know, more players that are, you know, seasoned, more skills and uh, competitive and, and get the juices flowing and, and, and keep the entertainment value up. Yeah, definitely. Um, the entertainment value, I feel like the talent of the league uh, continues to grow. But I think at the same time, too, like I said, you really set the foundation for what success looks like in that league. I mean, people are still chasing after the 10 and a record undefeated season that you guys were able to put on. But so I kind of want to take it back to that first year back in 2017. You know, I think a lot of the times when you look up the big three and your name uh, back in 2017, a lot of it was like comeback story or really want to uh, change the narrative maybe per se uh, of what you were trying to do from a basketball career. You know, you talk about in a lot of articles or a couple articles maybe where you put a lot of effort and hard work into making the comeback. Honestly, that made you the number one pick, but can you kind of take me back to, you know, the combine and draft night and 
just you know what that whole experience was like yeah man uh, <clears throat> it was a, it was a crazy story i always like to revisit it because it kind of jump started a lot of things that i'm doing now even with my own podcast uh, it was a transition uh, i was in mexico chihuahua mexico playing ball i hadn't been there maybe um two and a half weeks it was the first game and i ended up dislocating my ankle oh, and shoot. um it put me out for maybe a couple weeks, but, you know, the team got rid of me. I didn't just play one game. Um, got back home and was trying to just really lost at that point. I was really lost trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I was scrolling through Instagram and um, seeing uh, Steven Jackson and AI. All those guys were doing something with this three-on-three tournament and Ice Cube. And I reached out to Steven Jackson because I had – He's one of the few guys in the NBA that I had close ties with, or at least a tie enough where he could, you know, respond. And he knew it was me. He knew who I was. He would respond and, you know, either say yay or nay. So I reached out to him like, you know, how can I be down with this big three thing? He's like, reach out to Roger Mason. And uh, he the one that's got the the whole, the the keys to the the whole thing. And um, reached out to Roger because Roger, um, ironically, was one of my good, good friends that I known since he was playing in Virginia and, and he was playing with the Wizards. Um, but he also was in the music. He's a producer and he had his own record label. And we had collabed on some stuff prior to. So we had a good rapport. So I reached out to Raj. He told me what to do. And um, I just started preparing from there as far as just getting to the gym, trying to get back in shape, um, get my ankle right. And I, I knew just the opportunity to be on the type of stage that it was. It was one that was going to resurface my career to the point where I could shut the book. I can close the chapters. I can walk away from the game with the opportunity to force the press to talk to me, uh, be around like like minded figures that that I, I had left when I had played in the, in the NBA prior. So it was all about getting that camaraderie back. I'm around AI. And, and Catino and Corey and Gary. And I mean, this was a dream come true. It's something that you want to go, you know, kind of be re-injected back into. Yeah. So that opportunity alone allowed me to take advantage of the spotlight. So being the number one pick, um, being on the number one team, being with the bad boys, Kenyon and Al, uh, Reuniting with James from high school uh, rivalries, and it was just one of those things that just fit fit the puzzle, you know. And for us going ten and zero, you know, we could talk about that too. Yeah, I think when you think about, or for me personally, you know, when I think about trilogy, that's who I think of, right? I think about you and Al and Kenyon, and you know, obviously James is still there, but you know, Dion, everybody on that on squad, and. Spring back like really strong memories, and and I really wish that I could have been there for that first combine, like to really see what it was like. You know, you say you're coming off an ankle injury. Kenyon's talking about how <laughs> right away, you know, pretty soon into the the combine process, like, oh yeah, I know who I want. I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Rashad first pick. Uh, so it's crazy here. You were coming back from an ankle injury, and Kenyon like midway through is like, oh yeah, I know who I want already. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a respect level already for the guys who knew. For sure. What it was. I mean, it was um, – I was a silent killer when I was in the league. 
you know, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to do things and people look at me and, and they don't say um, I was an NBA success. They, they would consider me a bust because my expectations coming out was to be the next Kobe. So when I didn't get anywhere close to, to mimicking that, you, you know, the expectation goes down. So those, those are still guys that they're in the league that know my talent. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to showcase talent to Kenyon or anybody else. Everybody else who would have picked number one would have picked me because what I bring to the table is different than what these other guys bring to the table because I, I talk shit. I'm very intelligent. I can really play. I have a determination to win. And I care about the guys around me and it's hard to find, you know, and I'm not selfish at all, <laughs> not even with the winning. I, 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 I like to take an L every now and again so I can learn. Fair and, enough. you know, that's that's something that makes me different with, with these other guys. So um, it's something I carry, you know, very close to me. But, you know, it's one of those things. I think what's always drawn me into the big three, two, that may be separate from other professional sports uh, outside of it being like a new league, you know, everyone kind of draws everything new, but it's kind of like you said, like, I feel like there's just more players say where it's like guys know which guys are, are good, which guys can really ball, which guys can hoop, what they bring to the table more so. And it's not so much like the media has saying it. I feel like a lot of times now and again, like the casual fan or, or maybe even, diehard fans seem to forget or maybe get brainwashed by what the media might say on the who, what, what kind of person, yeah. you know, this dude is or that dude is based off, you know, there's so much more influence that the media might have than maybe a player has, which it seems backwards, but that's just the way it seems like it, it's come to be in this like new social media age. Right. 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 And I mean, it's hard for the players to get their, their, their right say off, but it's, it's, it's coming around, you know, yeah. starting to open up. For sure. So I want to go back to that season. Okay. So you got the foundation is set. The team is set. Um, you know, I feel like from the get go, you guys kind of had a target on your back. It wasn't going into the next season. Felt like it was, it was right away, maybe after one or two games, but what do you remember most just about that regular season run that you guys had, uh, you know, with that squad in the first year of, of this new league? Um, it was a game by game process, to be honest. Um, we knew we had a dominant team. Uh, me and Al honestly looked at each other like Shaq and Kobe. Um, it was a one two punch, and we knew it was unmatched. Fortunately, Kenyon was never really um, healthy for us. So mm -hmm. we really only played the season with three guys. You know, Dion yeah. helped when he could, you know, when we needed him to step up, get us some stops, uh, give us a breather, get us a couple buckets. Um, but we played the whole season majority with three guys. Mm -hmm. And for me and Al, you know, it was important for us to play the not necessarily 100 percent of our potential, but to a certain potential where we knew we can dominate our opponent, whoever it was. It didn't matter. And I think that's how we played every game was we played to the mismatch. We played to uh, who had the advantage, um, whether it was uh, speed, height or um just smarts, you know, uh, James often had that that mismatch when he was just smarter than another guy and we could take advantage of it. So that's what really what it boiled down to with us is, you know, who who's guarding who every game. 
Yeah, and I know you said you knew a lot of these guys prior, or, you know, the NBA in itself is a brotherhood. But like you said, you and Al, Shaq and Kobe, like similarities uh, when it came to big three ball. Did you and Al have like a relationship off the court prior or or like did you guys play before, you know, in the NBA or maybe like coming up to the NBA? And how do you feel like that chemistry just or how do you feel like you guys were able to get that chemistry to just mesh so quickly? Uh, it's funny, though, you say that because it's just hoopers. We, we hoop when you hoop with a hooper. There is no conversation that you need to have. There's no lunch, dinner. <laughs> breakfast that you need there's no comment you know what i'm saying there's nothing that yeah you yeah need to, makes sense it, it's roll it's it's i'm going back door it's looking my eyes i got you it's just play you know and al being from new york you know it was very easy to play and he's a big man and want to be a guard so <laughs> when you talk about new york you know he's he's a willing passer yeah. he's a willing teammate he one of them easy guys to play with and I ran into Al um, during their run that we believe run in, in Golden State with him, Baron, and Steve. That's how I got close with Steve. And I was be uh, Baron Davis is like my my big homie, like my mm-hmm. big bro. And uh, shout out to Baron. And it was Baron. It was Steve. It was Al. Um, Matt was in there a little bit. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Matt was in there a little bit, but mostly just those guys and Monte. Ran into Monte oh, yeah. while he was out here in Vegas a few days back. But, uh, you know, that's how I got close with Al. So I knew he was going to be an easy guy. But Kenyon was, to be honest, um, he was my he was my childhood favorite when he was in Cincinnati, man. He was a monster. And he's one of those guys that's just a smart-ass player. Yeah. Know how to play, defensive guy. But offensively, he know what to do, know how to get it done. Play with Jason Kidd. Play with uh, Vince Carter and, and Richard Jefferson. So we talk about a guy who was not new to, to stars and talent. And we just meshed, man. We just meshed and it was easy. Yeah, you guys made it look easy. All the way into the to the playoffs, I felt like maybe that's when – I don't want to say they gave you fits, but adversity maybe hit a little bit more. You know, you guys did have to uh, make a couple of comebacks within the playoffs and then also the championship game where – my mood was going crazy. You guys had a little bit of a slower start um, to that championship game. Looking back on that championship game, you know, I feel like you guys had like a 20 to six run to end the first half. I know that was like four years ago, five years ago, but, you know, can you take me back to that setting where you're like, you're down early in that first half and, and kind of what the, you know, kind of what the uh, the message was just from everybody as you guys are trying to comp- cap off, you know, a historic run in a first year. Well, you, you just take it back to the game before that. Yeah, okay. Ghost Ballers. Ghost Ballers game yeah. was a tough game. Um, we had already played enough where all the teams wanted or had kind of got a use to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's, you see it, you see it, you see it, but you still can't stop it. We're going back to the old John Madden 96. You know, <laughs> you see it, you see it, you see it, you just can't stop it. <laughs> and that's what we went on that side. It was like, man, it don't matter what they do. They can't stop this. They got to foul this. It, it ain't like we can match up and everybody just balance out and we go head up with them. No. So we... Once we knew that with the ghost ballers that they were gonna play hard nose, they were gonna foul, they were gonna do everything they could, but we just gonna do what we do better. 
that's all we needed to do. So when it came to the three-headed monsters, um, the way that we defended them allowed my mood to get his shots off. And we did a bad job switching. We did a bad job um, guarding him off the pick and roll. But once we made the adjustments, um, I think we cut we cut the lead in the halftime. Ended up going in, you know, down. I think four. you guys were up at half. I was just watching the rerun. You we guys were up at like, four. Up yeah, by four. yeah, yeah. I think we were up by four. So yeah, yeah we had a slow start, but you know, once we got back into the swing of things, it was kind of. Uh, I remember that talk in the locker room. We were just talking about, you know, doing too much. We were playing too much defense and allowing them to do things um, that they weren't supposed to do. You know, we were overrunning, overhustling, um, and we just need to slow down and make these guys play defense. And that's ended up what we did in the second half. Yeah, in fairness, I mean, I feel like a lot of the attention was on Richard Lewis, him being the MVP, and – I mean, that's no disrespect to my mood, but I think that was probably his best game, even looking at his career now in the big three, probably his best game ever. So, yep. you know, you guys you guys got it done. You guys accomplished uh, the historic 10-0 run, capped off a championship in the first ever season of the big three. And just it's, it's just kind of wild to think about, right? Because, like, most of the time you come into, like, a, a brand-new league and, like, you're still trying to, like, figure it out. And you guys kind of just walked in – like, like you owned it, like you knew what was going to happen and you're ready to make it happen. And then even, even to the point where like, I felt like the following season, you obviously had a big target on your back. But one of the things I thought was uh, pretty interesting is that, you know, Cube, I felt like his dream always was to have Kobe playing it. You know, like that was his uh, idea behind the big three. And, you know, I think one of his favorite players, I'm not going to speak for him, but I think one of his favorite players being a Lakers fan, uh, and one of the things I found interesting is that, like, when you came out, is that you said that you were uh, you would roast Kobe if he came to the big three. Uh, do you remember that comment? And just like, was that just was that just coming off a, a big season and just having a lot of confidence, or you know, <laughs> what, where where is that where does that stem from? I guess it stems from. It's, let me tell you this. I'll tell you this because you know I'm a walking sound like. <laughs> um, when I said that it wasn't, it was it was two things. I wanted to bait Kobe into even thinking about something like that. Mm, okay, thinking of the league. You know, gotcha. Yeah, just hey, Kobe, he wants to come. Think he can get man. You better keep your ass over there, Kobe. We're gonna roast your old ass. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm going at you. I'm there's. I'm gonna go in the gym and practice extra. Like I'm gonna ice these knees extra for you because you're my guy. You know what I'm saying? And if. Mm-hmm. You're coming out here to my backyard now. You know what I'm saying? Especially if I'm trying to claim the throne out here. I'm not, I don't want Kobe coming out here trying to take the throne over here too. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a little bit of a bait, but it was also a competitive, a competitive challenge as well. Because I'm not one like Steven Jackson, all these other guys that, you know, hey, man, Kobe would kill Kobe. Hey, man, he got to prove it just like I got to prove it, just like you got to prove it. I'm not giving him the key before he do nothing. That's fair. I'm not giving him the key before he do just because you did it over here. You got to come and do it again over here, and we all going to start at the same point, and you're going to have to kill me. You're going to have to show and kill me to get there. I'm not laying down. And a lot of guys lay down before – a guy even show up just because they have that much respect for him. 
And, you know, they can have all the respect they want. You know what I'm saying? But I know Kobe wouldn't want nobody laying down. And right. those guys think that this is a respect thing. When they do it, they think that he gives them respect when they lay down and just say the things they be saying. And I'm, yeah. tell, I'm telling you right now, you know, and Cole, rest in peace. If he, you know, he's looking at them guys with, an, with, with not only now a mental advantage, like you guys can't even sit at the table with me because you got that much respect for me. Like, he only want to sit with guys he knows that will chop his head off any given moment. He go left or right. I'm going to chop your head off, Kobe. I don't – don't give me no edge. You're only in front of me because you're in front of me. If you make a move, one false move, I'm going back in front. That's what kind of guys he want at the table with him, guys that's always going to push him to stay on his toes. Yeah. You don't want no guys that are just going to lay down. So um, I wanted to make that push personally. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be taken seriously, but it was one that I, I personally was like, yeah, Cole, come on out here. That's honestly, what I want. honestly, I feel like you look at the league now and you think of some of the guys that come into the league now with, I guess, more prominent names and the league wants them in because maybe they're uh, they draw in people. But you kind of look at it now as like, man, that should have probably been taken more seriously because we see a lot of guys come in with prominent names who – have horrible years. Like they look yeah. bad in this league. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, is there anybody that has played in the league up to this point that you wish you could have played uh, during your time in the big three? So guys that played in season three and four that you didn't yeah. have a chance to yeah. play in one and yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Joe, of course, Joe. Of course. Uh, yeah. Joe. I had a rival. I had a own, my own rival with Joe. I had my own rival with about four guys in the league. And I'm not going to say one of them was Kobe. I just always had a personal thing because he was like my um, master Yoda. <laughs> so um, everybody else was like Richard Jefferson was was a fucking pain in pain. Fucking Vince Carter. Um, Joe Johnson. Richard Hamilton. You know, um, Corey Maggetti. And Katino Mobley. These yep. are guys that were my size, my my position, but they were just the hardest dudes in the world to guard. Um, but these are the same guys that I got my hands on mm -hmm. that gave me the confidence that I knew I could play in the league. So when I played and I had 27 on Joe and I was in the league and was able to get 21 on Vincent and, and, and Richard and you know, kind of get my face back and get that confidence. Those are guys. So, you know, Joe was definitely one. Um, Frank Mitty coming from Cali, um, trash talker. He's a he's oh, yeah. a explosive player. He's one of my guys. Uh, Will Bynum, one of my good friends. Like that I'm telling you, yeah, that would Will the thrill. Actually, I was supposed to have my own team going into the year three, and Will Will the thrill was going to be on my team. Along with Shavlik Randolph, Ike Diagu, probably Jerry J. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we had a we had a solid little core, but yeah, uh, uh him and uh, Dante Green, you know. Oh, yeah, we know what he's doing. Played with Dante over in um Lebanon. You know, Dante and I actually played with uh, Dante and, and Sac. You know, we actually mm -hmm. played Sacramento together. So we was a good friends there. So uh Dante is another guy I knew would thrive. But those are, you know, a couple guys that I like that uh, I knew that would just be killers. 
man, that would have been fun to watch you run your own team uh, and oh, yeah. with a lot of those guys on there. That would have been, that would have been fun, especially some of those guys you talk about, like, you know, Jared Jack, Dante Green, like we see what they're doing. We'll buy them, you know, think about all those guys. They've all put up 30 balls in the league. I mean, imagine that if you on that squad, this is, yeah. this is not to like gas you up or anything. I'm just really thinking about watching yeah, the cute, league. man. He didn't, he didn't want to make it happen, man. You know, and he talked about giving me my own team, but you probably, I guess the politics get to start moving the wrong direction. <laughs> When you talk about somebody winning like that, because we was gonna go undefeated, we gonna go. I come back to the big three, man. Y'all better know it's going whether it's coaching or whatever. We championship. Uh, have you thought about coming back to the league? I, we, I mean, I follow you on Instagram, so I obviously see the workout regimen you put in on a, on a daily basis. That hasn't changed the, the the work ethic. Have you thought about it, or you know, maybe lingering in the back of the mind there? I don't know, man. I, I've been working out as far as in the gym as well, too. I actually played today, man, and uh, the last two days have been really good. <laughs> um, really good. Really feeling good, getting them knees back. Um, I mean, the one thing, the big three, you know, this is for the fans and everybody in the league may not have known. The whole season two, I played with a meniscus tear, so mm. um, my, my, I, I, was, I was jacked up the whole season. Um, I just wanted to get through, so that's when the mask came into play. Um, it was to compensate <laughs> regardless of how I played. I knew I brought something to the table as far as entertainment. Um, but it wasn't a good performance year for me because I was compensating on that, that injury. But I wanted to push through regardless because I knew um, I could still get 15. You know, I could still get 10, 15 points out there. Um, but then going into retirement, trying to fix fix the body and, you know, dealing with other things, it was just important for me to step away. But I have been thinking about it. Um, it would just be bad for the guys out there. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not. It won't be fair this time around because I'm like really in shape. I'm like two forty now. Oh man, it's just I don't see anyone wanting to deal with that kind of pain. It's it's gonna be painful. Maybe not in the league, but you know, guys like me. And and the fans out there, you talk about, you know, you talk about not being a selfish guy. We we would love to see that, you know. We would love to see a, a jacked up Rashad McCants, you know, making the return, you know. That. But hey, look, we need somebody who's going to talk shit on the other end. Like, I can't – I literally cannot come back without guys talking trash. Like, I did it the last year I played. It was like no one talked. I made a whole list. Man, I call guys out every every week. And he's like, guys, just didn't step up to the plate. Like, we have to have some type of, oh, man, we have to have some type of showmanship as players. Mm -hmm. We're talking about we're playing three on three. We're not playing five on five. It's got to be an extra fire and an extra flair to this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your passion for every bucket that you make, every three that you make, it's got to be an animation to it. It's got to turn it – like. When I when I played the first year, I wanted to create a big three video game like Streets, like NBA Streets. Oh yeah, and we can't do that because we don't play like that when we're playing. Well, hey, I will say there are some. I would say there's probably more shit talkers in the league. I think about guys like Royce White, uh, Larry Sanders. I mean, you know, Joe Joe's kind of a silent killer, you know. But there there are more shit talkers, I think, and I think. You know, I think maybe we need a few more for sure if, if we want to make some kind of big three video game. But I think there are more than maybe that season two. 
You think about the shit talker though. I'm talking about guys that have a character, you know. Okay. Charles, like Charles Oakley was a character. So whether or not he was talking shit, you knew his character was a shit talker. Like he didn't have yeah, to talk yeah, yeah. shit because his care, his face, he looked at you, he was talking shit. Like, he didn't have to say nothing. And that was a part of his Anthony Mason. These are guys that just had character. So in the big three, if you was to draw up like the goon squad for the big three based on character, the only guy you could really say is a part of that goon squad is Reggie Evans. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah, Reg yeah. gonna be the oh, monster. Yeah. Yeah. He gonna be the ah! we know that's what he do. But when you're talking about characters, everybody else, you, you got the Zen Master. You probably got the Zen Master Mahmoud. He plays a character, he's always the same guy. He's like the dude from Kill Bill with the, with the, <laughs> the beard. You know what I'm saying? He just, <laughs> just do his thing. You can't get him rattled. He gonna get, you know what I'm saying? And then you, you got certain guys, but everybody else is kind of cut and dry. You know what I'm saying? It's I like what you're saying. You just you're out there shooting and playing like we're playing real three on three, but we're not. Every move is a is a highlight. Everything you is three on three. Everything you do should be for sports center. Mm-hmm. Whether it's defensive blocks or dunking or crossovers, jump shots should be or have every kind of flair to it. But that should be something that the league talks about internally with the players. It should be something that they get together and say, we got to have more entertainment because the guy, the people that have been around for four years now, they've seen us in all the cities. If you go year five, year six, it's going to be tough to, to fill the arenas. Yeah, man. That would actually, that'd be dope. You know, have those, like you say, characters that everyone just knows what you're going to bring to the table every time you, you have a game, go city by city. Man, I like that idea. Hopefully that's something that comes around. Um, want to want to wrap up like the uh, first year conversation, you know, after everything you guys did, win a title, you won big three finals MVP. Uh, did you have a lot of uh, NBA opportunities or did you ha- did people come calling just in terms of like, potential chances to play in the NBA after after that? Because I feel like there are a few dudes, and, and Joe maybe most noticeably that like people talk about is like, oh, they're the first guys to make the transition from the big three to the NBA. But um, I feel like I remember maybe like one or two stories where that they said that about Josh, you. But, but Josh Childress was the one guy that got Yeah, Josh. I, I know Xavier Silas was another guy that got the opportunity. Yeah. But I feel like I remember a couple of stories where your name was mentioned I just don't know how that went. So to hear from oh, you. Oh no, personally. yeah, my my name my name wasn't mentioned in any any light of, of coming coming back and going to the NBA. And I knew going into the big three that it wasn't gonna be used for that kind of that kind of platform um or that type of springboard. Um and that was the first kind of question that I was asked, is you think you can use this to no, no, I already know. Like my battle was never talent wise or getting in shape or whether you yeah. can do it. It was always with the front offices and the speculative politics that, you know, you had to deal with. So when Josh got his opportunity and Xavier got his opportunity, I remember being in the gym with Clyde. This is before Clyde became the commissioner. He was still coaching Tri-State. And um, we were in the gym in Vegas. Um, this is uh, due to the, the, the storm that happened. Um, back then in, in, in Miami or Florida, no, Houston. Mm-hmm. It was the Houston, the Houston thing. And um, he ended up being in Vegas a little longer. And he, we was working out and he was just wondering, like, how come you haven't had any opportunities, you know, 
people calling and nothing, you know, nothing, nothing going on. And I was like, nah, they don't really rock with me like that. He's like, man, you definitely by far the best guy in the league. He's definitely in shape and you should get an opportunity. I'm like, yeah, Clyde, but that ain't, you don't know the story. So it's not going to happen. Not that way. You know, even for you, if he was to even vouch for me, it wouldn't even be enough. And so just saying that to Clyde Drexler and him seeing and hearing the story was uh, it was enough because later on, um, maybe two weeks later, Josh had got signed and he texts me and he texts me. He said, man, did you just see Jill just just got called up? They know nobody's calling you. And I said, nope, I ain't heard nothing from nobody. He said, wow. Keep keys. Keep your head up, man. Keep grinding. Something going to shake. But he was just like, wow. So, um. I wasn't insulted or anything like that. I was more happy for Josh because yeah, yeah, he's a guy that you know I've been playing with since high school, and he's always been one of my favorite players and cool, cool ass dot, cool ass Cali guy. So um, Josh is always one of them guys that get those opportunities anyway, man. Hard hat guy, he's like a Jared Dudley guy, man, where you could just inject him into the team. He ain't gonna be no distraction. Give you solid minutes and uh, go about his day. He ain't gonna be no trouble. Okay, must have misheard that. That's a shame too, though. But like you said, if if the man Clyde the Glide can't do it for you, then then who's gonna be able to do it for you? But um, like you said, that hasn't stopped you from doing anything. You're making that transition. Want to talk about this current trilogy team because uh, you know, obviously the Big Three posted a comment where you commented on their page on Instagram, and you're like, man, Jack got 35 out of 50 on you guys. Like, might be a wrap. That was obviously verbatim what you said, but it is interesting to see that Trilogy and Three-Headed Monsters are playing again, uh, you know, kind of come came full circle. So what's your thoughts on this year's current Trilogy squad? You mentioned Jack being one of your guys and, and you know, their potential chances to take down Three-Headed Monsters who time and time again are right at the doorstep and just can't seem to get the job done. Mm, mm-mm-mm. Perfect opportunity to talk some shit about Gary Payton. <laughs> man, man, man. Gary Is he one of those take... characters first off? Oh, Gary Payton? Okay, just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Absolutely. He got his own avatar. <laughs> um, he can't get it done. Gary, you know, I'm looking at him right now. Gary, you can't get it done. You there? We talk about this every time I see you, man. You got to turn the corner on this. You got to figure it out, man, because you keep. It's like you're going up against Michael Jordan every time, man. We just can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this, man. And, and Gary loves it. I think this time he's gonna try to take it. But the only problem is Jared Jack is like it's like me. He's like the my type of player on this mm-hmm. on this particular team. People don't realize that because he's not a notable scorer um, on paper. Mm-hmm. But Jared Jack. <laughs> I mean, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know who Jared Jack is because a lot of people judge game based on position playing. When they watch NBA games, they like Jerry Jack played for Brooklyn. He was a solid point guard, and it's like that's what y'all think. Like Jerry Jack is one of the best players to ever play the game. Point guards. We're talking about Baltimore, Maryland style basketball at his finest. He don't play like that no more. Mm-hmm. Because he's been playing in the NBA so long, where it's position playing and you just, you know, pass and do your thing. But here, the game I was at, the first game, he opened up his bag and he showed me the Jerry Jack I knew. That's when I knew the league was going to have a hard time once he started opening up his bag and being 
who he really is, it's like you don't really recognize him from his career because he wasn't busting out 35 balls like that. Yeah. And if you think about it, like Isaiah Briscoe, another guy, position player, didn't go to the league and should be. He's like a Jamal Tinsley type player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now he gets to show in the isolation ball, like nobody can deal with him. <laughs> nobody yeah. can deal with Jack. You know what I'm saying? They're hard to guard. That's what Reggie talked about, too, when I talked with him. He was like, yeah, in the NBA, you know, I I, I'm, I did what I had to do. I played my role in order to stick in the NBA for a while. But coming out of, you know, his hometown, he was – he said that's all they did was shoot, score, like, you know, he'd get buckets for a long time. So I felt – you know, I, that's what I mean about, like, sometimes, like, the media having, like, a, maybe a stronger uh, a voice when it's, like, people like me on the outside looking in, like, trying to get – real like facts information yeah because i'm thinking like oh you know this is this is reggie's game like this is how who he's always been in the nba like big three he keeps developing his offensive game when it's really been like reggie's always had an offensive game he's always just, he's just now like showing his bag you know like yeah. that that's what it is and that's what i really like about the big three is like get a little bit more truth to everything about about some of these hoopers oh, yeah. but you can go back to reggie Guys who played against Reggie in the NBA know how much of a dog he is. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But then you look at the teams he was on. When was at what point was you gonna give Reggie the ball? <laughs> You're right. On any of them teams I mean, he was ever yeah. on. Yeah. Where where is it where we throw the ball into Reggie and say, go get it? Yeah. Never. never. Mm-hmm. So Reggie, he didn't never come. He was like Dennis Rodman. He's like. Uh, like Charles Oakley, like them guys had game. Them guys could really play. They wasn't slouches, but they fit their position. They played their position and didn't complain about it. But Reggie, yeah. to me, when I first um, seen Reggie, when he was in college, man, he, he was one of those guys, left hand, right hand, solid uh, post position. You got a guy who know how to get post position, he's going to get fouls all day long. The offensive rebound nightmare. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's so, still happening today. Yeah. Man, he just know he know what he's doing. So he one of those guys that, like you say, he he gets better. And, and guys that that never played against him that's in the big three now that's like playing against him, they're like, man. He's yeah. killing me. He's killing me. He's killing, he got 20 rebounds. He's like, yeah, Reggie will have 40 rebounds on you if you go to sleep. That's all people talk about, whether it's the broadcasters or players I talk to. Reggie this, Reggie that. Like, if we got to go against three-headed monsters, oh, we got to go against Reggie. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, we got to deal with him. I know Scal was talking about him on one broadcast. So that's pretty funny. But, all right, let's get the uh, – let's get your, your championship prediction. I'm assuming you're riding with Trilogy, but they always say it's not right to assume. So, you know, who are you rocking with for the three-headed monsters trilogy rematch year four? Uh- I, I know James is up for the challenge with Richard because he always is. That's how James is. So James is right now looking at his chops. I got to stop Richard. I got to stop Richard. I got to stop Richard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You got Murphy. You got Mike Mood. And who are their other? Who's the other? Reggie. Oh, Reggie. Okay. <laughs> so Reggie Amir is going to be tough on Amir. It's gonna be really tough on the mirror, and then they got big <laughs> Mama Dude, Mama Dude coming in there, just doing what he do. It just being in the way. I I don't think I don't think Gary will use him. 
Yeah, they've been rocking with the uh, four-man rotation most of the year. Yeah, uh, so I don't think that four-man rotation is going to get it done with these guys because Jerry's a big guard, Briscoe's a big guard, and my move is too frail. Murphy, <laughs> Murphy's solid, but he just want to shoot. So it's going to be it's it's going to be tough. It's I I I like trilogy winning by more than eight. Mm, more than eight. Okay, solid enough. That would mean that 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 first year championship would probably still be the best one in in the books up to this point, which it, it still is right now. But I'm saying that would mean if that's the way it turned out. If if you really look at the last that that first championship sequence. People don't understand. I was out of the game. Rick Mahorn made a very, very bad decision. He subbed me out of the game. <laughs> subbed me out of the game. I don't know what he was thinking. He was mad at a possession or something that happened. And I was out of the game for maybe like four minutes, four or five minutes. And they and they went up seven points on us. Mm-hmm. And they was about to close it out. He subbed me back in. And I scored those last like nine points, I believe. Yeah, because you hit that big – you hit that big – three-point free throw, and you hit the game winner. So, yeah, I mean, they were coming. They were they were coming back. But uh, I like the prediction. Okay, Trilogy winning the second title. That means James got two, which he'd be the only dude to do to have it, which would be cool too. So, uh, we'll have to see. I want to talk a little bit off the court because I mentioned at the top you're an author, podcasting now. You have the, the podcast, uh, The Transition Man to God. You're talking about your transition a little bit. Uh, you know, what kind of got you? Have you always been someone that's like to write um, or like to express even like a deeper thought process? I mean, what got you started on the podcast? I want you, I just kind of want you to be able to talk about some of those things that you got going on outside the court, off the court. Oh, man. Um, all that stuff is just in the making, years and years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, really being ahead of the curve with a lot of things. I'm an inventor and innovator. Mm-hmm. Um, like to create. So uh, I'm like on my whiteboard right now. I just got a bunch of businesses I've created over the last couple of years, and um, the transition podcast allows me to talk, or gives me a platform to share stories and testimonies on how to persevere through different adjustments and different environments, and, and the type of mindset you got to have to uh, maneuver in different climates and different. Uh, groups um, and things you got to be aware of and all that kind of stuff. I think that that's just a part of my testimony in life and um, everything that I've been through thus far, every place that I've been, every person I've encountered gives me an opportunity to give back the information and wisdom, um, but also to keep creating, you know, um, sports performance programs, um, rehabilitation facilities uh, for cannabis. Um, man, there's so many different things. Virtual reality platforms for learning, learning simulations. Uh, we, we got so many things in the woodworks that um, we just, you just trying to, I'm trying to help the guys, man. To yeah. honest, trying to help the players. Um, but it's hard to get their attention, man. It's hard in our culture if you're out of sight, out of mind, nobody cares if you're trying to help them or not. You got to be popping. You got to be on the scene. You got to have a bunch of money. And um, I'm trying to change that that stigma, but it's hard to do that without the, the right amount of money to make you look a certain way so guys can respect what you say. 
So we trying wow. to get over that hump. Yeah. Um, where, you know, you can walk in the room and, and, and say something that's beneficial and everybody kind of cling to it without me having to look like Jay-Z and you be able to respect me because I look the way I look and not because of what I say has value. Mm-hmm. I think if we can get away from that, um, we'll see better promotions and, and, and sponsorships out of, you know, um, the big three. There's no way any NBA player shouldn't be sponsoring the big three. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Um, so we just need to get over that hump where we can realize these type of things. And I think with, with the transition podcast, all of those things that I'm doing, I want to bring um, some type of example of success outside of the court to show these players, <clears throat> to show these players that they should give back more, be around the players more, uh, embrace the culture um, of those who are not stars, those who are not, you know, all stars or got a million followers, all that kind of stuff. There's the guys that keep this keep this basketball thing alive, and these are the guys that's on the, on the ground level. These guys are just out here hooping keeping the game alive, keeping the fans alive. You know, these are guys that help build it. So I yeah. think we should always go back and figure out what these guys are doing. Let's, 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 let's build the the promise of what happens after basketball and compared to just, you know, we'll just keep running to the same thing where guys wash up after four or five years and we'll never hear from them again. That, that sounds dope. I mean, I think you're exactly right. And so is the goal to have on uh, maybe some of those guys who have been through this experience, you go through that like four or five year, like quick NBA run, or also to have guys that are maybe had uh, challenging upbringings or fought a lot of adversity to now are like CEOs and stuff. Is, is that the goal, like in terms of guests and whatnot? Absolutely. But not even, not only that, but just normal everyday people who, yeah you know, want to transition into something bigger, but they're, they're afraid, you know? So then we bring that bigger person who's done it, but they were there at that ground level where that person is having doubt and they're able to tell them what they did to get to that level. Like I, 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 I worked through the fears. I worked through the anxieties. I was patient. I did the work I prepared and I never stopped. I surrounded myself with good people people who pushed me, people who motivated and helped me. That's the type of testimony and type of guests that we want to bring on the show because it's really about connecting people and you mm-hmm. connect people with stories. And that's pretty much how we've all been disconnected. So we just yeah. need to tell the stories. Man, that's cool. I was going to say that even sounds relatable to someone like myself who I don't, I don't know, like the pro lifestyle or anything, but it sounds relatable to the things I'm doing in my everyday life. So I'm, Definitely gonna yeah. make sure I'm checking in, tuning in. For sure, bro. Uh, and we might uh we might even revisit, you know, being on the podcast as well, bro. Cause you know, let's just think about the fact that there's somebody trying to figure out if they want to be a YouTuber or a podcaster, mm-hmm. right? And they don't know, you know, if it's smart. They don't have the confidence to be in front of the camera, they don't yeah. know to talk well, but then they listen to you tell the story about how you started, and then they're like, let me just take the first step. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, I don't think I'm someone that was always, always comfortable on camera or even talking or I was like, Oh shit, I fucked up. Now I got to start over or something. But like, there's probably a ton of people that have crazier outlooks or, you know, storylines that they could tell and all, all it takes is for them to get on the mic or hop in front of a, a camera. So yeah. that'd be cool. I'm, I'm excited for that. And just want to close out and say, appreciate you for coming on. 
Uh, best of luck with the ventures. Hope to see you back in the big three if that's the plan for you. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the time. No doubt, brother. Salute, man. Check me out. I am Rashad McKenzie on the IG. Hit me up. Podcast transition, man to God, all platforms, Amazon, Apple, everywhere. Check me out. Yes, sir. You heard it here first. Appreciate you. I'll- That's going to do it for us, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the championship and are looking forward to it like us. Remember, you can listen to the show on your preferred podcast platform, uh, watch it on YouTube, or like I mentioned on top of the show, listen to it on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back for a post-game championship recap next week, and see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.